0: Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Uh, this is where we'll be this morning. Uh, you might have heard the phrase and you used the phrase, it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. Um, and that brings about a math problem. A math problem. It's not like a math problem like <clears throat> most of us do, uh, like when we're at the store or uh, balancing a checkbook or uh, some of your occupations take math. But it's a, a math problem in our mind. We, we think about uh, what we're called to wait for. Uh, we, we think about what it is and what we've heard about it. And then we say uh, to ourselves, "How long is it going to take? How long is it going to take till this comes to pass?" And we have to ask ourselves the question: "Is it worth the wait? Uh, is the time that I'm going to be waiting? uh, and, uh, patiently and looking forward to, is the destination worth it, uh, in the future? And this is what we do all the time. Uh, many of you maybe have gone to a restaurant that there's a wait at, um, and they say, oh, it's going to be 20 minutes. And you say, well, Taco Bell's not worth it. You know, uh, 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 and uh, you, you say, oh, we'll go someplace else, or we'll head home, or we'll do something else. You ask the question, is it worth the wait? Uh, this morning, uh, we will be considering, once again, Jesus, the King, and His kingdom. And Jesus is uh, bringing things together. He has told us about His coming, and that No one knows the time or the hour, and now he's going to share with us some parables to explain a little bit about how we should view these future events. We're going to consider the king and his kingdom, and is it worth the wait? Uh, Will we be prepared in waiting, knowing that he is coming according to his plan, but also according to his timing, his timing? Uh, Maybe even some of you have considered this in the last weeks of just saying, is it worth the wait? Uh, What should I be doing in light of the the fact that we have a new king and his kingdom is coming? In Matthew chapter 25 this morning, we are going to look at the first uh, 13 or so verses. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from the word of God. Jesus says this, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For When the foolish took their lamps, they took uh, no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became uh, drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish uh, said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since Since there will be not enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. The door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for it guiding us. And even in these moments, Lord, I pray that you would reignite our hearts to following heart after Christ. That we would um, value and that we would watch and excitedly anticipate uh, the change in this world for a new king and a new kingdom. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I could have called this "waiting for regime change." That, was a, that would have been a better title than whatever I had. I just thought of that right now. Uh, So uh, we have these ten, these ten, and in our text it calls them the virgins. But if we can think in terms of this, it's this unmarried uh, young girls, young girls or young women, this age, and they are participating in a wedding. Uh, We we struggle with this passage in many ways as I looked at it and considered it. Um, How many of you have ever uh, been to a wedding, been to a wedding? Some of you laugh and smile, others are like, yeah. Uh, in our day and age, you get the save the date, and then you get the real announcement, and it, it's got like on there a time and a place, directions, where they're registered at, what kind of junk they want, stuff like that. And you, you got all this stuff around it, and it's a point in time. And so, what you're supposed to do, save the date, uh, you're supposed to go to your calendar, your phone, whatever you use, and you're supposed to put it in there, and then plan for that date, that time, that that you know event. You're, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what they're asking you to do to participate in the wedding. Um, this is like nothing that we do. Um, it's it, it's this time frame. It's. Uh, these two that uh, agree to be married and really two families that agree to come together and it's not like a specific time in fact it's kind of like a window they're going to get married and uh, we hear about it and the husband or the bridegroom and the bride have different preparations that they do and uh, it's kind of a, a, a more of an impromptu parade. It's like people know about it, but it comes together. And as part of that, you have these ten attendants, these ten young girls who are, uh, you know, I, I picture like Little House on the Prairie, this little lamp that they're turning like. It's probably not like that. It was probably more of a torch that they could. And it was part of this parade procession that would come and they would join together they would go to this destination and it would be this two or three or even a week-long ceremony party uh, for this couple coming to get married this is what we're talking about today in these 10 young girls in verse 25 it says then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps Jesus uh, uses parables. We've seen this before in the book of Matthew. He's telling stories, um, inspired stories with a point, okay? Jesus is giving an example. He's giving an illustration. And um, he does this in a kind of fashion, as Matthew writes, then, meaning connected to his previous, then he gives an example. And it's kind of like this. Um, Sometimes we get a little too technical on parables because uh, we forget that this is just a made-up story, and we're trying to say, well, what were these 10 young girls thinking? What, what were they dressed like? What were their names? And how old were they? It's a made-up story, okay? Uh, if he wanted us to know what they were thinking, he would have told us. He, if he wanted us to know how old they were, he, he would have told us that as well. So we have, uh, he's pointing to his kingdom that is coming, and really... Uh, the second his second return to this earth to set up his kingdom and he says it's like this it's like these 10 that would come who took their lamps and their 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 position or their purpose is when the bridegroom comes that they're to take their lamps out and join the procession as even lighting some of the way and being a part of this whole process and it's this beautiful picture of them fulfilling a role in this new wedding and uh, finding their place rejoicing at the bridegroom that w- would be to come. So their attendance in a wedding. And they're going out to meet the bridegroom because uh, this marriage is going to happen. Uh, there's a sense in which they don't know when it's going to happen. If they knew what was going to happen, they would just come at that time uh, it, it's hard for us to even get this in our minds as well there used to be this great anticipation when grandma was coming right uh, when grandma was coming or family was coming or a special guest was coming to your house there used to be this great anticipation grandma's coming today oh but now like we have like you know some of your tracking grandma right you've got ways to track her and so you know yeah she's an hour away she's a half hour away uh some of you have family and friends and this has happened to me Uh, when they get to town they say because we're kind of off the grid out here they say "Uh, i'm going through town do you need anything before i come to your house um and we we say to ourselves, you know, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I know they'll be here in 20 minutes. Um, we don't have this sense of anticipation, but uh, but this was not a set time. And so they were coming. Uh, they had their torches or their lamps, uh, however you want to picture that. They had those. They had oil. Uh, but the distinction between those who are foolish and those who are wise is just the amount of oil they carried. And so it it was this picture that that five of them just had their lamp. Just had their lamp. They had their lampstand, this idea, this torch, if you will. And they could light it, and it would last for a period of time. Some suggested even that it would just be for 15 minutes before they needed to reload. Okay? Um, I think it was probably a little bit longer, but... Like I said, this is a made-up story that Jesus is writing for a point. That some just brought their lamp with no way to reload, Um, and others brought the flask of fuel in a way that they could keep going and that they could, uh, once again, it wouldn't run out. Um, And so we find five of them are foolish and five of them were wise. In verse three, uh, for when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. In verse five, it tells us this of the bridegroom, that he was delayed. He was delayed. And as we consider this, it's not hard to make the jump that Jesus would be the bridegroom. And that this idea of delayed is that he's not here yet, Uh, is that... uh, Not necessarily something came up, but the idea that we expected him now. We expected him now, but he's not here yet. Uh, Some suggested, as I was reading, that part of the wedding, uh, you know, the whole time was that the bridegroom would go to the father and he would negotiate the deal. And I found that funny. Because if he was delayed because it was a rough negotiation, you know, Oh, I don't think she's worth that much, you know. They're going back and forth, and he says, I'm going to walk away, and hoping that, you know. It's just a funny picture, but this idea that there were many things to do, and the time frame wasn't one 11 o'clock on Tuesday. It was, it was not a point in time, but it was a window. It was this idea that he is coming. The bridegroom is coming, uh, he, he is going to be here, but in the minds of these 10 young girls, that he was delayed. He was delayed. And what happened? They became drowsy and slept. I think it's interesting that uh, they became drowsy and slept. There's no comment on whether that's an appropriate thing to do. It doesn't say just the five slept uh, that were wise or the five that were foolish. It was that they became drowsy and slept. There's this, there's this picture that when you get tired, you're supposed to sleep. Some of you should know this, right? This is news to you, right? Uh, you think it's go, 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 and uh, you don't need to take... Yeah, it's just all part of life. They went back to the normal things of life, even though uh, there was this event, this huge event, that they had a role in in the future. It says they uh, became drowsy and slept. In verse 6, uh, it It changes. It changes for these ten. They're they're drowsy and sleeping, but the story goes like this. Verse 6, But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And, And it's this idea that someone was possibly waiting and looking and... The lookout, if you will, or you, you heard the rumble of people coming, and the bridegroom and his procession was coming. And and as he comes, they they see him off in the distance, and they say, "He's coming! Wake up!" And so they did. Uh, you, you look down, and uh, as we go through God's word, it says this, verse seven. Then all all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The idea of trimming the lamp is fixing it up, trimming it up, and, and lighting it, getting it ready to go why because the bridegroom is here as they considered this uh verse 8 tells us this that there were some that were not ready to go and the foolish said to the wise give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out it took longer than they would thought uh, they're they're running low and they knew it wasn't going to last And so now that the event was upon them, they said, hey, give us some of your oil. Give us some of your oil. We don't have any. We don't have any. Uh, And the response of these young girls was this. Uh, Verse 9 says, The wise answered, saying, uh, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were uh, going to buy, it, it all changed. They, they went off to buy. You can get this picture at midnight, um, knocking on the door of the, the seller of fuel for your lamps, waking them out of bed. Getting, it, it, was, it was a lack of preparation. It's an emergency. It's something that finally I needed. I didn't need it before, but finally I need it now. Um, this is the picture of those who are foolish. They didn't see the need earlier. But in the middle of the night, they saw the need. Um, This changes, and as we go to our story, um, middle of verse 10, it says, The bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the marriage feast, and the door was shut. You have five that weren't ready, and five that were ready. The five that were ready, they went with the bridegroom to the place of the feast. They go inside. Um, and the door is closed behind them because they were ready. They were ready. It says, following that in verse eleven, afterward, uh, the other virgins came also, saying, "Lord, Lord, open to us." Seems uh, seems like a simple story. As 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 you get this picture there is a wedding, you can get pictures of the wedding and all that's going on. It's different than we are used to, but you can get the picture of kind of the parade procession coming, those from the bride's side coming and being a part and the, the lamps. and You can get all that and they go to this place of a feasting and you go inside, they shut the door, and then the others finally show up late. Uh, this isn't, by the way, a message about being late to church, okay? Come as you are when you're ready, okay? Uh, so For some of you, you, some of you don't understand this. Um, you know, you, you've been up since four o'clock this morning because you couldn't sleep, and you're like, why don't they have a 5.30 service at Bear Valley Church? I, I want to tell you that sometimes life doesn't go real well on Sunday morning, and we're just thankful you're here. Uh, we're truly thankful. Um, But as we look at this, this marriage, they come and those who are wise are inside, those who have been foolish, they go finally get the oil and they show up thinking that they're going to go inside and they call and call, you know, to the one at the door or however this goes about. And they ask, they ask um, not just to anyone, but to the Lord himself, Lord, Lord, open to us. And then in verse 12 and 13, the conclusion of this parable, the shocking conclusion, if you will. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. I do not know you. And then in verse 13, it says, watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Jesus has said that before, right? He's told them before that they they won't know the day or the hour. And you say, well, how can you plan when you don't know the day or the hour? Uh, It's simple. Just need to be ready to go. Ready to go. Ready to drop everything at a moment's notice. Ready for the trip. Ready for the plan. Knowing that that takes precedent over everything else in life. This morning, uh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time, uh, any more time, describing any of those details, but I want to get to where I feel the Lord wants us to apply this message, what He wants us to know as we consider uh, this passage and, and the idea of what we need to remember today. This is stuff to remember today. It's hard to remember and stay focused, right? Uh, even this last week, uh, some of us lost our minds. Lost our minds over the election. We we turned our brains off, and there was this empty, empty vacuum of our head. And, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling. We lost our minds. Um, and so there's this thing that we need to remind ourselves of that which is true. And we can't... Uh, some of you say, well... Uh, I'm just going to kind of talk to people, talk to people, which is great, which is great if you're talking to the right people. Uh, Some of you were content not being crazy this week, and then you talked to crazy people, and they got you all stirred up, right? Right? And so it's important that we, we with the Lord, with the Lord, that we remember who we are, what we're doing, and what this day is all about. And this is what this passage is all about to me. As as I understand uh, him share this story in the midst of him talking about his kingdom and him coming, three things for us to remember today. The first one is this. Most of us uh, consider ourselves busy, we're we're busy people, we're busy persons, Um, and we think, man, I got a tight schedule, I'm busy today, I got things to do got things to do um, what happens when you feel busy what happens when you think you've got things to do those things push out preparing for the day when i say preparing for the day this day knowing that the lord is going to return and all that this life all of this kingdom all of our nation, all of our schedule will, will amount to a zero on that day. It'll amount to a zero. Um, when we say this at Bear Valley Church all the time, hey, how are you doing? Man, super busy right now. And what we're kind of implying when we say we're super busy, I'm super important, I'm super important. I've got big stuff to do. What, what are you doing? You know, I've got to organize my sock drawer this week. You know, it's really important. It's really, I've got, I got bit, big stuff to do. Um, I want to tell you, you should organize your sock drawer. You should paint your house. You should go to work. You should be doing all those things. But know this, that more importantly than anything you're doing, is that you be prepared for the day, ready for the day, ready for the day? The um, the, the picture uh, of these these five girls is just simply this: they weren't ready for the day. They had other things going on. They were tired. They were lazy. They were like, ah, I don't I don't really want to think through what, what what that day will be. It's not that important that I would be prepared. Um, if you're so busy, if you're so busy that you are not prepared for the Lord's return, that you're not ready to meet Him in the air, you're not ready for His kingdom to be set up, and you rejoicing over that, that this kingdom be, if you're not ready for that, you're too busy. And not just you're too busy, but you've prioritized something that is worthless that is temporal, that is will be gone in an instant above that which is eternal. We don't want to be so busy that we miss out on the bridegroom coming. I'm a busy person. I got things to do. Well, if we're that busy, if we got so many things to do that we can't consider that the king is coming, uh, we're too busy. we've prioritized wrong secondly um, uh, don't reject the king don't reject the king what happens at the end here and it's sobering like we can't it's so hard for us to think about it so so we're saying you, you get the picture these didn't plan very well, and they didn't care about it until it was right upon them. And so they said, oh, we'll go get some oil, and then we'll come, and we'll show up late. We'll show up late. And they hadn't considered it important. And then he came, and they came assuming that Jesus would just say, oh, glad you're here. Fling the door open. But, but know this, know this. and it, It's hard for us to get. The, the God of grace the God of grace, the God of mercy, Jesus who gave his life, gave his life as a a gracious, merciful extension saying, I will pay for your sins. I want you to be with me at the marriage. I want you to be a part of the celebration. I want you that that offer, if you reject that offer today and wait for it to happen, he will reject you. He will reject me. It's sobering. We look at this and we're, we're expecting Jesus to say, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And yet the picture is this, that the celebration still goes on, that the, the wonderful event happens, that there is a celebration, a party inside, but also there's a door that shuts. There's a door that's open, but it eventually shuts. I want—I'd like to say it like this to you: that last—that uh, last in verse twelve, where he says, "Truly, I say to you, I do not know you." That's—that could be called the rejection of the rejectors. The rejection of the rejectors. They didn't have time for the bridegroom before. They didn't, have, they didn't think it was that important. They didn't see it as significant. They slept, but not just that they slept. They were unprepared. They said it was not a big deal. You know, We'll figure it out later. This is not something that we figure out later. We figure out now so that we can be prepared because we do not want to be rejected at the door. The rejection of the rejecters. I want to tell you uh, that Jesus accepts, that the door is flung wide open today, wide open, and he says, come to me, I'll take you, I'll be your, your, your new king, you can ditch those old ways and come to me, I'll take care of your sins, I will be the one that, that you can find rest in, I, I will affect every area of your life, I'll transform you from the person you are and all your failings to my child, and, and, and today the door is open, but on this day it will not be. And so we, we don't want to reject the king. We don't want to reject the king. Because if we reject the king, there will be a rejection of us as we have rejected him. Lastly, um, as this passage ends in verse 13, watch and be on watch. Watch and be on watch. Be ready. Um, there should be a sense, and even as I consider this passage for myself, um, I, I don't do this very well. Um, and I need to. I need to remind myself to be on watch, uh, to watch and be on watch. It's this idea that, that I'm looking to the heavens. That I'm not looking to the stuff down here and focusing on it. I'm looking to the heavens. Not to consider the clouds and whether it's going to rain. Uh, Look at the stars in the sky and go, wow. But that I'm to look forward to the end of this uh, system, this world, this kingdom. And for a greater kingdom that is to come in specifically for the king himself. That I should be ready and wanting and this idea prepared that I should be living my life prepared. You you see, this whole section, this whole, uh, really the last couple of chapters and the ones that are to come, this this whole part is that we would see something is more important than the temporary things down here. And it's that Jesus is the king and his kingdom is coming. This morning for us... uh, I hope that this is uh, the wake-up call in the middle of the night. That uh, you know what it is. And I I could picture those five wise girls who knew they had the oil. They knew they had the lamp. They were excited. They were drowsy. They fell asleep. A midnight call. Hey, he's coming. That they shot up. And, And the first thing they thought was, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Grab my lamp. Grab my oil. I'm going. This is exciting. This is is great. I watch and I wait and I look forward to his coming because I'm prepared. Uh, If you're not prepared, there's a sense where you go, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I hope it doesn't happen tomorrow. Just push it off. Push it off. I want to tell you, you pushing it off is a rejection of the new king. This morning, I hope that this is helpful for you to consider where you're at with the Lord, where you stand with Him, what your life is all about, the things that you're doing, the things that you're not doing, and to consider those and say, Lord, what do you have for me today? What do you want me to be thinking about? What do you want me to be dreaming about? Uh, Lord, you have something better for me. You've presented yourself as the new king, and I embrace you today. I hope that this is helpful for you. Please join with me as we pray. God, thank you for the the beautiful picture of this wedding and these that are foolish and these that are wise. I pray that you would cause us to be ones that are wise, that we make preparations today for that event that is to come, that we realize that we may sleep, we may have things to do, but in a moment, all that will change. And God, help us to embrace Christ today and to live in light of it, light of him watching and being on watch for that day that is to come. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.